Hello, and welcome to All Things Apostolic. Today, we're going to talk about delegation and a proven framework on how we can delegate effectively. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss today's episode. Hello, and welcome to All Things Apostolic. My name is Dr. Casey Sees. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about effectively delegating within the local church. When we look at the Bible, there are quite a few passages in which we could refer to that talk about delegation. Two of the most well-known passages and ones that get to the heart of delegation are Moses in Exodus chapter 18 and the story of Nehemiah. In Exodus 18, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, Observe Moses becoming overwhelmed by his responsibilities as the sole judge for the people of Israel. Jethro then advises Moses to delegate lesser disputes to capable men and reserve only the major issues for himself. You see, this not only eases Moses' burden, but it also makes the system more efficient and accessible for the people. This passage of scripture demonstrates the importance of recognizing one's own limits and the wisdom in sharing responsibilities. It is a model for leaders in ministry to identify and empower others to share in the workload, ensuring effectiveness in leadership. In the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is tasked with rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. This massive undertaking would require coordination resources, and labor. Nehemiah organized the people and assigned them to work on different parts of the wall. wall. By delegating tasks based on the people's proximity and ability, Nehemiah ensured the project's completion. This illustrates the value of strategic delegation based on individual strengths and circumstances. In ministry, this teaches leaders to delegate tasks in a way that utilizes the unique skills of every individual. By doing this, we foster a sense of ownership and it promotes involvement. So delegation is key in mentoring and developing future leaders. By entrusting tasks and decision-making, leaders in ministry can cultivate leadership skills in others. Delegation, effective delegation, that is, uh, fosters teamwork and collaboration. It allows members to contribute their strengths and learn from one another and build a stronger, more cohesive team. Overburdened leaders often risk burnout, which can be detrimental to both their personal well-being and their ministry effectiveness. But through delegation, we are able to distribute the workload and ensure longevity and sustainability in ministry. Delegation is an act of empowerment. It shows trust in others' abilities and encourages them to take the initiative and grow in their roles, which is vital in thriving in ministry. So when we look at delegation, one of the issues that most leaders have when they approach the topic of delegation is the thought that it's either zero or all the way. But effective delegation actually requires adaptive levels of delegation. And so today we're going to talk about five different levels of delegation that move the individual from more of a directive stance 
to empowerment and making those decisions themselves. And so the first level is what I would call directive delegation. Directive delegation is precise instructions and close guidance. At this level, the leader provides clear, specific instructions for tasks and projects. The focus is on detailed guidance to ensure that the delegated task is carried out exactly as envisioned. This approach is particularly effective in situations where there's little room for error or the task requires adherence to strict standards or procedures. It's important for the leader to communicate objectives and the expected outcomes and any relevant constraints or guidelines um, clearly and comprehensively. This is ideal for training new volunteers or staff. Directive delegation is particularly beneficial in onboarding new team members. It helps newcomers understand standards, processes, and the values of the ministry. During this initial phase, the leader takes on a more hands-on role in training and mentoring. The level of involvement is crucial to build confidence and competence in new volunteers or staff. And when we look at this approach, we have to understand that this approach allows new team members to gradually acclimate to the ministry environment and expectations, and it reduces the likelihood of mistakes and misunderstanding. This level of delegation also focuses on teaching and accuracy, not micromanagement. The intent of directive delegation is not to micromanage, but to provide a foundation for learning and growth. It's all about equipping and guiding rather than controlling each step. The leader should be available to answer questions, provide clarification, and offer feedback. This support of presence is essential for building trust and encouraging open communication. It's crucial for the leader to recognize the difference between offering guidance and taking over the task. The goal is to develop the delegate's skills and confidence, gradually reducing the level of direct oversight as they become more proficient. The second level of delegation would be what I would call investigative delegation. And this is really a seek and show step. And so here you're focusing on gathering information and then reporting back for decision making. And so in investigative delegation, the delegee is tasked with collectively uh, collecting relevant information or data and then presenting that information to the leader. This may involve researching a topic, gathering some feedback, or exploring options. The key aspect of this level is that the one that is being delegated to does not make the final decision. Instead, they provide a report that enables the leader to make an informed decision. This approach is particularly effective when the leader needs to make decisions based on thorough research, but may not have the time or resources to gather the information personally. This is useful for exploring possibly new ministry opportunities or understanding needs within the community in which we minister. Investigative delegation is ideal for situations where the ministry is considering new projects, maybe outreach programs or needs to understand um, the evolving needs of the community in which they minister. 
by delegating the research aspect, leaders can tap into the diverse perspectives and skills within their team. You see, it allows different team members to contribute their insight and expertise, potentially uncovering new angles or considerations that the primary leader may not have. This form of delegation also serves as an opportunity for team members to develop their research and analytical skills, which are valuable for growth within ministry. This also encourages uh, initiative in research while retaining decision authority. This particular level of delegation encourages the delegatee to take initiative in their investigative role, foster a new sense of ownership, and it creates a responsibility in their work. And so while the delegatee has the freedom to explore and gather information, in this level, the final decision power remains with the leader. This structure ensures that decisions align with the overall vision and goal of ministry. The leader's role is to provide clear guidelines on what information is needed, to offer support and resources if necessary, and be open to the insights and found findings brought forth by the delegatee. The third level is more of an advisory delegation. And so here, the delegatee is going to explore and they're going to propose. And so what we're starting to see is that each level of delegation moves closer to empowerment. And so in advisory delegation, the delegatee is responsible for collecting the information, analyzing the information, and then making a recommendation on what they think. Advisory delegation involves a deeper level of responsibility compared to the previous stage. Again, here the delegatee is not only responsible for gathering the information, but also for analyzing this and forming a recommendation based on their findings. This process requires a higher level of critical thinking and judgment. The delegatee must evaluate the information, weigh the pros and cons, and anticipate potential outcomes or challenges. The final product of this delegation level is a well-thought-out recommendation that the delegatee presents to the leader, providing a basis for decision-making. Uh, this level develops analytical and preliminary decision-making skills with final approval still being by the leader. Advisory delegation is a crucial step in developing future leaders within ministry. It challenges team members not just to gather information, but to think strategically about how that information can be applied in practical scenarios. This level of delegation helps in nurturing the delegatee's ability to make preliminary decisions. And this is a skill that is vital for any leadership role. It provides a safe environment for the delegatee to experiment and learn as the final decision still rests with the leader. For the leader, this stage is about balancing the need to provide guidance and support with the need to allow the delegatee enough space to develop their own decision-making skills. It's about trusting the delegatee's judgment while retaining the final say in the matter. The fourth stage or the fourth level of delegation is what I'd call trusted delegation. And this is where the delegatee decides 
and informs. And so making decisions and taking action is now the part of the delegatee, but they're still going to keep the leader informed. And so in trusted delegation, the delegatee is given the autonomy to make decisions and act on them without defined parameters. This level signifies a higher degree of trust from the leader to the delegatee. The key aspect here is that the delegatee is not only responsible for decision-making, but also for implementing those decisions. However, they are expected to keep the leader informed about key actions, progress, and any significant issues. This approach requires the delegatee to exercise a high degree of judgment and responsibility as their decisions directly impact the ministry's work. This level of delegation is appropriate for ongoing projects and areas of proven competence. Trusted delegation is most effective when applied to these projects and areas where the delegatee has demonstrated considerable skill and reliability. It is particularly suitable for situations where the delegate, delegatee over time has built up expertise, understanding, and a track record of success. And so as they move from level one to level two to level three and into the fourth level of delegation, now they have proven themselves that they're able to do this. And so this level of delegation is no longer about testing the abilities of the delegatee, but leveraging their proven competencies to advance the ministry's objectives. And so as we move into here, we see that level one required a lot of oversight and input uh, from the primary leader. And as we move forward and towards this, this is where the leader finally uh, begins to free themselves up exponentially to do what only they can do. And so this level of delegation is crucial for developing independent, confident team members who are capable of thinking on leadership roles themselves. It creates an environment where the individuals can grow and thrive knowing that their leader trusts them and values their judgment. So by allowing team members to make and implement decisions, the leader shows a level of trust in their abilities. This trust can be highly motivating and empowering for team members as it acknowledges their skills and their contributions. And the fifth level of delegation is what we would call empowering delegation. And this is where the delegatee is now owning and leading themselves. This level of delegation is complete autonomy in decision-making and outcomes. Empowering delegation represents the highest level of delegation, where the delegatee is given complete autonomy over a particular task or area of ministry. This means that they're not only making decisions and taking actions, but they are also responsible for managing the outcomes. At this level, the delegatee operates almost independently with minimal oversight. They are responsible not just for the execution, but also for the strategic planning and problem solving within their area of responsibility. This delegation style requires the delegatee to be highly self-motivated. 
They need to be responsible and capable of handling complex tasks without needing direct supervision or guidance from the primary leader. For experienced team members, delegating in this area is about or can include entire areas of ministry. Empowering delegation is ideal for highly experienced and competent team members who have a deep understanding of their ministry's vision, values, and goals. This is often applied to entire areas of ministry, such as those uh, managing a department or leading a major project, possibly overseeing a significant outreach program. And so in these roles, the delegatee acts almost like a leader within their scope, making crucial decisions and driving initiatives forward. This level of delegation is not just about competence in tasks, but also alignment with the ministry's ethos and mission, ensuring that the delegatee can make decisions that resonate with the ministry's overall direction. And the fifth level of delegation signifies full trust used when the delegatees demonstrate success and value alignment. And so granting this level of delegation signifies a level of trust and confidence that is profound in the delegatee's ability uh, and judgment. And so it's a recognition of their proven success um, and their alignment with the goals and values of the ministry. This level of trust is built over time and again is based on skill, reliability, and alignment. And so here, empowering delegation not only benefits the delegatee who gains significant opportunity for growth and leadership, but it also benefits the leader and it benefits benefits the, the church and the ministry area as a whole and all those to whom they are responsible for leading. It allows the leader to focus on broader strategic issues, knowing that the key areas of ministry are incapable of hands. And so again, when we look at delegation, the key is not to move uh, from zero to five quickly. The goal is to, through different levels of delegation, um, empower the individual through hands-on training and getting to a place in which they themselves are the leader and able to make these decisions with minimal to no guidance and to own the outcomes. Thank you for joining us this week on All Things Apostolic. Next week, we're going to continue our discussion on delegation, and we're going to provide possibly some real-life examples, walk through some of the practical ministry applications and challenges to delegating effectively.